speaking with uh, middle school principal Joe Wemelt and uh, high school principal uh, Dolores Brown. Well, principal, um, as you, there's you guys, you're both aware of the situation. The lives in the news, a lot of public comment at the school board meetings from students, parents, and then including staff about uh, the concerns with the atmosphere in, in the, both of these schools. Um, as we look at it today, I know the second semester is like a week or so old, mm -hmm. so it's really early. Mm -hmm. uh, Superintendent Williams hasn't been <clears throat> back very long, uh, but how would you characterize the environment now uh, compared to before Christmas break? Well, I think um, there are some there are some differences and some similarities. I think some of the changes that we've implemented um, most recently um, since Dr. Williams has, has come in as interim superintendent is related to our what we call our student relations supervisor SRS positions. We have increased a couple, uh, tightened up some of the responsibilities and locations of where they're at across the building. They are, they supervise hallways, supervise passing periods, they help build relationships with students. And so we have uh, kind of, I did an audit over winter break of where our people were located and where, how quickly they're responding, where they're responding to. And um, coming back off of break after doing that audit and making some modifications to our supervision plan, we have seen some improvements in our um, hallway behavior and our, just our overall process and procedure in the building. So that has created um, fewer students in the hallways, unsupervised, that's, which has created more opportunities for students to be in class and learning, which is our goal. So. Would, would you say that uh, it was a lot of the activity where the issues were, was that in between classes or was just a variety of situations throughout the day? I would say it was a combination of things. I would say our, our biggest concern that we had in the second half of the fall semester was hallway behavior. So either students not getting to class on time, students leaving class early, um, and just behavior in the hallways. And so this modification of our supervision in the hallways has helped address those needs. Plus a, a new semester, some of the classes are new, so students are, are experiencing some of the the newness of the new semester, which is helping as well. I would say one of our biggest things that I believe has been um, most effective is just the persistence of our plan that we've had since the summer. Um, I think building relationships with students has been key to that. So one of the big pieces was we have a lot of new staff this year to the building. And so it took it takes time to build relationships with students to where students establish that trust and rapport and respect so that students are able to do what we ask of them and, and are able to be engaged in learning, et cetera. So time and, and consistency to the original plan while making modifications. Principal Brown, let's talk about the high school. Uh, what did you see um, in the, from the first semester and then just shortly here into the second semester and changes in terms of just environment? Excellent. I'm going to echo some what Dr. Wemelt has already touched upon. Um, always second semester is almost a restart button, a refresh um, opportunity for not only our students, but our staff as well. Um, so we're, we were able to implement some changes to our procedures and policy, uh, policies specifically more of arrival um, procedures. When students enter the building after 8.30, we have one designated location that they go to. That is always been the plan, some similarities from first semester and second semester, but now if students come in after 8.30, we want to contact the parent to make sure that parents are aware of the um, late arrivals and that we just have that um, consistent communication with parents always. Another change 
that we have is our just um, consistent tardy sweeps, making sure that roaming students and tardy students get to class, because we have to protect the instructional minutes. And that's our goal, is protecting the instructional minutes and having students in class so we can give them the necessary skills to be effective uh, citizens within our, within our society and get them prepared for the next level within their careers, education um, careers as well. So again, those changes to our procedures and policies, some similarities, but just tighten up to ensure the security and safety of all students and staff members. So basically with, the, with arriving after 830, was, was that just not enforced isn't the right word, obviously you enforced that, but like was it just not as closely monitored and parents were being called every time and so it was just kind of a lack, kind of a relaxed approach to that and now it's like this is hard, like if you hear at 832, we're calling your parents 100% of the time. Definitely. Well, you know, we do make exceptions when necessary. We're very flexible and have to be realistic at the same time. Um, so, yes, we, we, you know, we do have some students who mosey on in fourth hour and fifth hour, and some parents are not, not aware of that. So it's not for those students. You know, you know we, we understand students wake up late, come in at 835, and make those necessary exceptions, but we want to be sure that parents are aware because when they get the call um, that their student missed first hour, we want to make sure that we have that communication with them prior to them receiving that automated call. Speaking with uh, middle school principal Joe Wemelt and uh, high school principal uh, Dolores Brown, the, one of the changes you guys laid out for me was the cell phone policy. Um, it was that, you went, Joe, the middle school. Yeah. The middle school um, yeah. Was that not as hardly enforced? Because when I graduated high school in 2001, so we didn't have, <laughs> I got a cell phone a few months later, and they were out then, but I don't know if any of my friends had a cell phone at school ever. So it's a totally different environment for me when I talk about cell phones in schools. I don't really know how it went before. Um, what was it before? And, 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 of course, you laid out what it is now. Yeah. Is it, was it just not a hard enforcement then? Basically, yeah. We, we, um, the enforcement of cell phone usage in the classrooms and in the hallways was not enforced as strictly um, or as strict in the first semester as it is now. And so we put a clear expectation out to students what the expectation is. You get one warning to put your phone away um, in class, and after that one warning, then the phones are taken and, and kept in the office until the end of the day. And students, they do not want to give up their cell phones. So they, I don't. That 99, 99% of our students are either not on their phone or they're putting it away when they're asked at this point. The one caveat with that is that we have allowed them to be on their phones in the mornings during before first period, as well as during lunch. And so in the lunchroom, in the cafetorium, they're able to be on their phones, free use with earbuds, et cetera, because um, that's their downtime, that's their lunchtime. And so um, within reason that they're not allowed to be taking pictures of other students or filming other students, those sorts of legal aspects, but they're able to be on their phones. And it has created an opportunity for them to check their texts, check their social media, et cetera, but it's contained in one space, and then it, it, they're put back. And that has created um, an increase engagement level in the classroom because they're not distracted by cell phones, which has been very nice. So. Which I'm sure the, the teachers like yes. as well. Yes, the teachers love the, the new policy and it, it just kind of gets us back to focusing on learning and without the distractions, which is the teachers love. I mean, I, I get told at home to put my phone down yes. by my fiance because I'm on checking work email, I'm on Facebook, I'm on Twitter and things like that. Sometimes work-related, sometimes not. Um, are you surprised at how quickly the, the students are like, hey, no, no, you're not taking my phone, I'll put it away? I, I am somewhat surprised, to be honest. I thought we would have a whole a, a lot more students that would be kind of pushing back against the policy, but it's, I think on Thursday and Friday, we had maybe five phones at the end of the day, and we're a building of 1,000 students, so that's very, very few. And um, 
you know, I think students, they understand why we ask them to put their phone away. They, they, they get it. And I would say without the lunch opportunity, they would probably put up more of a fight, but they know they have free reign at lunch, um, and, and that creates an opportunity for them to focus on their studies. So. Well, I wanted to ask both of you all one at a time here, just um, what has just the environment from Preston Williams being in the buildings and him being back, obviously he was in this district for a long, long time, just having him around and experiencing him uh, just in this, back in this study as an interim superintendent, what just his, his persona and his personality brought to maybe change the environment of both these schools as well? Well, I think Dr. Williams has a long history in our community and in our schools. He brings a, a presence um, physically and, and um, professionally to the buildings that is um, unique to him. I think he also has, he, I mean, he has a wealth of experience in understanding how schools run. So he's able to see things from an outsider coming back in that maybe we were missing um, before we being principals in the building. I think, um, you know, one of the things that's important to acknowledge is that with him coming back into the role, he has helped us see some things new, but we're still really pushing some of the same things that we were under our previous superintendent, Don mm -hmm. Owen, um, and, and the previous administration. And so it hasn't drastically changed at, from central office perspective, but his presence is definitely helpful and beneficial. And he, he's, a, he's a very good superintendent, and coming out of retirement, he's, he's been helpful. And so I think, the, again, I go back to the, the most important piece for us is just consistency and continuing to push um, to, to improve upon the original plan that we made in, in the summer. Definitely. Um, so I just want to preface this, you know, some of the changes that we have implemented second semester, that this was on our radar and this was part of the schedule prior um, to Dr. Williams um, taking over, assuming the superintendent position as well. But with him coming on board, he definitely has a um, unique connection with the community and he has the his historical um, context. He was here before and again have a, has a lot of connections. So it was great um, having his support and the rest of the central office, but also providing that perspective um, that sometimes, you know, we may miss. Um, so I I'm very grateful for the opportunity to, you know, have his leadership and also learn from him, him as well. I know the, um, you guys mentioned the mindful, mindfulness stations and then Restore U Room. Those were in place last semester, correct? Um, what changes have you made in terms of procedures with those and, and, and compared to like what was going on last semester that's now going on now? Perfect. So res the Restore U Room, um, U being the U for Urbana, um, is a focus on, it's our in-school suspension room as the way in which most schools run a traditional room. However, our focus is restoring students back to class. I would say over the length of the first semester and into second semester, it's just been refining what we're doing in there, the practices that we're using. Students aren't just sitting there like the old days. They're engaged, they're doing work, they're doing reflection activities, they're doing mindfulness activities and getting back to class in a better frame of mind, as well as what our... Um, what we call thir room 1343. It's kind of our refocus room where we have most recently established the mindfulness stations. Um, we call it the Sati room. And so that's brand new in the second semester. Before it was just a room where students went if they were out of class in the hallways roaming and they needed a, a short-term place to be until the next period. Now they're also participating in those types of mindfulness activities and restorative activities. And so students actually are going through those stations when they're out to be able to de-escalate especially if they're upset and frustrated 
by whatever's going on in their lives or going on that day and going back to class the next period, that has just increased the amount of students going back to class and being successful. So what historically has happened and what we saw a little bit first semester, if a student went to that room, sat, and then went back to class, the same issue would happen again. And so we're trying to reduce the amount of times that they have to go back to that room. And so um, it, the staff members working those rooms are just getting more experienced and better at, at, at what, we, what our goals are. And I think um, as part of our leaving the class way, or leave, excuse me, leaving the class and the hallway roaming, we've also implemented a new policy in that for second semester where as soon as a student is out of class without permission, we're calling parents up for a meeting right away, that day or the next day. And that has decreased the amount of kids out in the hallways. They, they don't want their parents coming up here every day. And the parents don't want to come up here every day. So it's been a nice collaborative effort with parents. Um, we've had a couple kids that they've only had to do it once and a couple kids who have done it a couple times already. But it is building a strong connection between families and school to get our students who are struggling the most help that they need. So um, we've just been continuing to refine. Um, and, and I think the biggest change second semester is how we're using our policies more intentionally. So. Speaking with uh, middle school principal Joe Wemelt and uh, high school principal uh, Dolores Brown, so like the, the mindfulness room stations in, the, in that in the room, it's, it sounds like this semester you guys are r really working harder, even more so than you were the first semester, uh, you know, what's going on when they're in that room versus, you know, you were trying to do something different their last semester, but now it's like, okay, we really need to engage with them, figure out what's going on, figure out the problem, because we you know, can't let them just sit there and then send them back, and it's right. the same issue. Right. If students just go to a room after they haven't, something happens, they act out and do something wrong, right, that breaks the expectations or a rule, just having them sit there and then go to class 30 minutes later usually doesn't do much to change behavior the next time. So our goal in that room is to teach new skills to help them de-escalate if they're upset, and to be able to be prepared to go back to class and not repeat that misbehavior. It would be considered like a replacement behavior that we're trying to teach in those rooms. And we were trying to get that going the first semester. We just weren't getting it to where we wanted to be. And it's still going to be an ongoing modification as we go. And But I would say we're much more, we've learned a lot from the first semester. And um, we're putting a lot of those um, uh the things that we learned in first semester to, to, to action here in second semester. Speaking with uh, middle school principal Joe Wemelt and uh, high school principal uh, Dolores Brown, um, let's talk about this, the fights last semester, and just from, I'll get both of you to answer from this, just from your perspective, perspective, obviously you're not in the hallways all the time, but just hearing the constant um, complaints at the meetings and such like that, how did that impact you, just personally knowing the issues you're having with the fights and it was a constant concern by staff and students and and the parents um what kind of negative attention just uh, negative thoughts did you kind of run, just having to deal with that and it's obviously not something you want to have on your school yeah i think it's a um especially both of us coming in new to this role in the buildings um and starting the year off with the amount of fights that we had was very difficult to take as a person as a principal as an educator um, and it was one of those things where there were some days where it was very overwhelming, right, to be, to, to be worried about another fight or to be worried about any kind of fighting that goes on in the school. Any human being and any educator would be concerned about that. Um, as we continued to build relationships with kids and get to know kids and their tendencies, um, we were able to better predict um, and be preventative on some of the things that are going on. 
Um, and we saw a, rap, a decrease in the number of fights over the course of first semester from the beginning to the end. And we had zero fights last week, the first week of school. And so that's a, uh, we didn't have one week in the first semester where that happened. So we are seeing improvements in student behavior with physical acts of aggression. Uh, we still have a lot of work to do, and it was just one week. But um, I think the biggest piece is before a fight happens, we're now able to better understand where the problems are arising. We're able to be preventative with students. We're also able to help restore the conflicts after they happen. If they do, if there is an actual physical fight, we're implementing our restorative practices in a way that's going to decrease the likelihood that they're going to fight again. And that's our goal. And so historically, we know middle schoolers don't make very good decisions. And there's always going to be a fight or two with middle school adolescents, especially in a building of a 1,000 kids. Um, our goal is to reduce them, minimize them, and maybe eventually completely stop them from ever happening. But our goal is to ensure that students have the, the supports in place and the expectations that this is not okay, and here's how we're going to help you not repeat that mistake again. Principal Brown, how did that impact you just from your personal standpoint and hearing and witnessing, of course, all the community conversation? Definitely. Um, one fight is too many fights, and, and I believe uh, Dr. Remelt um, shares that sentiment as well. But, you know, I, I have to put it in perspective. We had new administrators, myself as a new principal to the high school, two new admin associate principals, a host of new teachers and new support staff. So in a transitional year like this, we do have some students who try to push the limits and not sure as to the parameters when, you know, we've been clear, but we can use that as a an excuse. So it, it is very important that we articulate it and continuously communicate with not, not only students, but with staff and parents, our expectations. Now, with the change within our multi-tiered system of support does not mean that we allow fighting. What we want to do is change and correct behavior because we have some behaviors that has been ingrained in students for years. So two months, three months cannot change that. It takes time and support. It takes work. So we, we had to put in the work and we're continuously working to improve student outcomes and that includes student behavior as well. So surely, personally, I, I did not like the fights. I don't, I don't think anybody within both schools like the fights, but I have to put things in perspective and be very reflective in the context of a transitional year like this. We're doing something very different, and we have to have a paradigm shift within our own mindset and with our own thinking about um, support and how we support students. This support looks very differently from from previous years. And, you know, it, it, it will look different because we are doing things radically different. At the same time, we still hold students accountable. We still have expectations. Yes, we are restoring relationships and implementing restorative practices within our tiered interventions, but we still have expectations for kids. That does not change. So coupling um, restorative practices with some traditional methods of discipline has been my goal from the start. Um, we're continuously reflecting on our policies and procedures and seeing how collectively with the community, with our parents and students, how we can make UHS, UMS a great place to learn um, and stud all students and staff members feel safe. So with the start of the second semester, I believe this is... It, it, 
now we can see the evidence of that um, ideology, but we're still working at it. We will continue to refine. We will continue to be flexible. We will continue to collaborate um, to ensure we are cre creating the best environment for our students to thrive, not just survive, but to thrive. How many fights did, did you have last week? You said at zero. Did you, did you have um, I believe we had one last week. And again, some of the students who are choosing to fight, it's, it's your repeat offenders. It's those, it's not this 100 kids. No, 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 it's about 10. Yeah. It's, about, it's five. It's those same repeat offenders. So it's ensuring that our supports match the targeted behavior that we are trying to shift and change and making sure that we target that behavior and replace those negative behaviors with specific skills that will help students cope and, and regulate their emotions. Some of our students are just responding out of anger, but if we can teach them those skills, not only just for high school, but for life, how to, again, manage their emotions, regulate themselves, and then choose to behave in a more positive way by responding in a more positive way. So it, it takes work, but we're committed to this work. How many students are in the high school? You got 1,000 here in the middle school. How many in the high school? Um, we're at 1,256. That's almost uh, 200 more kids than last year. So, I, again, I have to I look at the context. We have more students, new staff members. Of course, students are going to push the limits and try um, some things that historically they have never probably tried. But it's important that we continue to articulate the expectations, continue continuously support our students and staff members so everybody understands what we're doing. Um, so we can best serve students both academically, behaviorally, and that social and emotional piece. We all as kids always tried to see what we were allowed to do with our parents and yeah. with, with, with administrators and things like that. So we've all kind of been there from, mm -hmm. from that standpoint. What? And I, I know you both weren't here last year when the deans were in the position. Obviously, mm -hmm. they have to have new positions and dean positions changed as support staff. Mm -hmm. So you guys weren't here last year, but what impact do you think that had on maybe, the, maybe just kind of picking off what you just said? Yeah. Students, all oh, the deans are right, not right. in their roles anymore. Do, do you think that played a role into this? Indeed, I think that is a um, a huge contributing factor to some of the unknown uh, of this school year. Some of the students and community and staff maybe felt that because there's no deans, there's no one who's going to process referrals and help really students um, navigate through some of the negative negative responses that will you know solicit a student for getting a a referral, but. But again, that's why it's so important to communicate. So now it, the perception was that there's no discipline system. Well, where at the high school we have student interventionists. There's, they are the first resort when a student receives a behavioral referral, calls from classrooms, it's the student interventionist that responds. And they respond to support the students and then figure out what intervention students may need. So just because we don't have deans, we, that does not mean we don't have a mediator between student classroom issues and before they get to um, the office, we do have individuals who step in um, to um, navigate that process. We just don't call them deans. But, you know, they say they serve somewhat of the same purpose, but more um, specifically, they provide the support for students. It's not just automatically suspension, maybe, you know, coupled. Maybe they do still need out of school suspension, but also they need some um, uh, sessions with the clinical professional. Or maybe they need a weekly, biweekly, two times a week meeting with our student engagement advocate. So it's really articulating what intervention students need 
and that's what our student interventionists um, provide. But again, I, I really believe that it, it impacted us with the no dean's perception, no discipline system perception. Would you agree with that, Stephanie? Yeah, definitely. I think there was um, a lot of concern in regards to without deans, then there's no structure for discipline. Um, and so there were... There, and then there, I think there were gaps in, what, in the, at least speaking for the middle school, coming into the school year, having the traditional structure and then having all the new people of changing the traditional structure of deans <laughs> and then into a new, new structure with a bunch of new people new right, to the building. Right. We didn't have as much historical knowledge of mm -hmm. some of the must-dos, some of the must-coverage um, areas across the building, some of the key um, things that we need to make sure that we had in place. So... We, there was a learning curve for a lot of us at the beginning of the year. Um, the, the, the perception of no consequences, no suspensions was, was definitely a contributing factor. Mm -hmm. And we had to work through that. We had to find yeah. our, we had to find a balance of traditional punitive consequences with restorative practices. And I think we swayed a little bit sometimes too far one way. Um, we, and so we're still trying to find that magic spot, um, for every situation, even now. And so, um, you know that we always know whenever when big changes happen to structure, there's going to be some some messiness at the beginning. Um, but I think over time we have figured out our holes and our gaps in our system, and are, we're filling them and then just in the right way. And we're seeing the benefits of that in our culture and climate in the building. Speaking with uh, middle school principal Joe Wemelt and uh, high school principal uh, Dolores Brown, how do you see this growing from here? Uh, because both of you are obviously new, and let's say. Two years from now, every student, of course, it's seven, it's students aren't going to be here for long term, but the yeah. fact that you're gonna, you guys are going to be entrenched in here at some point, I mean, obviously, you can get another job if you want, but I mean, mm -hmm. in, in the, right now, as we sit here today, you guys can get entrenched in here and people get used to you and everybody gets used to the policies. Mm -hmm. Do you see this just completely clearing out and, and getting, you know, with the story of practices and, and getting things really settled in after a while? I definitely do, and, and I, that's definitely my vision. It's our collective vision as a school community. We see... Um, especially with the current, I think what you were hinting at was the current sixth grade group, this is all they know, mm -hmm. this new system. And as they matriculate up to seventh and eighth, and we have a school full of students that this system is what they know, I envision great things for the school. I envision um, really strong restorative practices and mental health um, supports in place for students and a really a strong focus on academics and academic excellence because students' needs are being met. Um, that we can then push the higher level learning opportunities, the um, preparation for high school and, and beyond. And so I think establishing a strong foundation this year is going to just have lots of uh, positive outcomes in the future, in the, in the upcoming two, three, five years, ten years from now. Same here. You know, I, I believe that we will see changes pretty quickly. Um, my main concern is those academic interventions that we need to um, make some changes to and implement. Um, right now, the dialogue has been consumed with the discipline, but our multi-tiered system of support is not a discipline system. It's really geared to help students not only academically, behaviorally, and that social and emotional piece. So my goal is to ensure that academically we are serving um, our many populations within the high school. For those students who are in our AP courses, we want to ensure that we provide the 
instruction that, hey, they can be successful in college or any form of higher education. Um, right now, we do have a, you know, about 60 to 70 percent of students who go to college, you know, they're taking remedial classes. So I want to ensure that, again, students are college and career ready. Um, in addition, I want to make sure that we're creating productive members of society. So I'm going to continue to do that. I'm committed to the work, but I want to ensure that those opportunities are consistently applied for all students. And we're going to do it. Well, just uh, any final thoughts from you on just any of the changes in the procedure? It's not the, obviously restorative practice. Right. It's still here as we discussed here today. But um, in the new changes, the way you're implementing things since uh, Preston Williams has been on. Um, you know, I just want to encourage parents, students, and staff members, uh, specifically our parents, if they have any questions or concern, concerns, please to reach out to myself or any member of the admin team. I will be more than happy to sit down and discuss these changes or any concerns that they um, may have. So that constant communication is key and, you know, to create a community within our larger community. Yeah, I think um, I, d I keep going back to just persistence mm -hmm. and, and um, building those relationships with students and, and the broader community and families um, that we serve. I think the more that we continue to work collectively towards this goal, um, the stronger we'll be as a school community. And I'm really excited about um, taking these next steps. I'm really excited that it's second semester. Yeah, um, yeah. We had a great first week, the best week of the year was last week and I just look forward to continuing to build upon that and grow that. We have a, a saying when things are going well in the school is to don't don't say that out loud because you don't want to ruin it. No. Um, I'm, I'm shouting it as loud as I can because we need to build on the positivity that's going on right now. So looking forward to that. Thanks guys. Thanks so much. We're both optimistic and we're going to continue to do the work for the success, success of all students.